Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. It's 9.30 in 716. I'm Susan Rose. I'm Brian Mazurowski outside looking at partly cloudy skies once again with the clouds. 27 degrees in Buffalo. All right. Mega millions, no winner. We're all here. That's right. That's right. That's right. Here's what's happening. Following the blizzard that claimed 44 lives in western New York less than three weeks ago, Buffalo Common Council chambers were filled with public works employees, police, and firefighters yesterday in a show of support for better equipment during a snow emergency. Vinny Ventresca, president of Buffalo Firefighters Local 282. Even though you cannot directly relate the age of the fleet to anything that happened, we had rigs that were absolutely broken down. We had a ladder truck that was stuck up in the air for five days. And the point is, is that we've been saying year after year after year. And the point is, too, to order new equipment. And the point being, when you order the new equipment, it doesn't, it's not immediate that it shows up. So you have to have a plan in place. Among other things, the council is studying the idea of hiring an emergency management coordinator to help the city with its emergency preparedness and response for a next storm. We'll continue to be your place to be for more info on the blizzard and its response right here on WBEN. Also happening in City Hall yesterday, the Cobblestone District in focus. City of Buffalo moving to take over two properties. WBEN's Brayton Wilson has more. Back in September, the City of Buffalo began the process of invoking eminent domain to save a pair of Cobblestone District properties along South Park Avenue. After a 90-day period passed, the city made its next move with the eminent domain process, which was hosting a public hearing with the Buffalo Common Council on Tuesday. The purpose of the hearing was to provide input on the impact of acquiring both properties via eminent domain. I strongly convey that this course of action is exceptionally rare, being utilized only in unique circumstances. This is purely a case of demolition by neglect. His testimony, Mr. Cars, is a farce. It's a charade that has been played out in the courts for over a decade. Quite frankly, I'm sick and tired of it. That was Councilman Mitch Nowakowski, who represents the Cobblestone District in the Buffalo Common Council. Carr was in attendance for Tuesday's public hearing to state his case and explain his intentions with the properties if he was able to win his case. He claims the city is well aware of his involvement in the Cobblestone District and his ongoing efforts and commitment to continue the development of the properties, but is frustrated that the city continues to deny him of the chance to demolish the buildings in the historic district. When it came to the public's viewpoint, an overwhelming amount of support showed for the city 
City of Buffalo to take the two properties via eminent domain. This includes Josh Holtzman, who owns Buffalo Ironworks on Illinois Street. I have been very versed and a witness to the lack of care for the entire buildings that Mr. Carr owns, and it's very unfortunate that he's let it get to this point. I can't tell you how many times we explain to our patrons, our guests, our staff what is going on or why nothing is happening. It's very disheartening to see that this has gone on so long, and I really urge the city and the Common Council and everybody involved to not fall for the smoke and mirrors that Mr. Carr has been preaching these past 10 plus years. More from Tuesday's public hearing regarding the eminent domain process is available for you online. Brayton Wilson, WBEN.com News. All right, Brayton, thank you. WBEN Newstime 505. New York is moving forward on banning all gas appliances. Homes that electrify will be eligible for the first in the nation energy affordability guarantee. A promise that they'll never have to spend more than 6% of their income on electricity. We also want to reduce the overall burden on our residents struggling with high electric bills. So we'll be providing at least $165 million in relief for over 800,000 New Yorkers. I'm proposing a plan to end the sale of new fossil-powered heating equipment by 2030 by calling for construction of all new construction to be zero emission starting in 2025 for small buildings and 2028 for large buildings. Governor Kathy Hochul during her State of the State address in Albany yesterday. Now is the federal government also attempting to do the same. Before you run to get rid of that gas stove, the Consumer Product Safety Commission says they are only opening a public comment period at this point. Medical research, though, shows nearly 13% of childhood asthma cases in the U.S. can be linked to the use of a gas stove. Adding even more concern, many parents are not on alert as most of these pollutants are odorless. For now, experts say be sure to use your range hood and open windows when cooking for ventilation. And if there is a eventually a ban down the road, it would only apply to new appliances. Lionel Moyes, ABC News, New York. A lot to follow there. Something we'll be keeping an eye on, talking a lot about here on WBEM. A Maine teenager facing federal terrorism charges in connection with the New Year's Eve knife attack near Times Square in New York. The New Year's Eve knife attack near Times Square put three police officers in the hospital, but court records said the alleged attacker, Trevor Bickford, considered it a failure because the officers survived and he did not die a martyr. Federal prosecutors said Bickford began consuming radical Islamic ideology last summer. He told a relative he wanted to travel overseas to become a suicide bomber before prosecutors said he dedicated himself to the jihadist mission of attacking officials in uniform that he believes are anti-Muslim. Aaron Katursky, ABC News, New York. French officials saying a knife attack at a busy Paris train station, leaving at least six injured. France's interior minister saying an individual stabbed several people this Wednesday morning at the Gare du Nord train station, with at least one in critical condition. The attacker was quickly neutralized and, according to the Paris prosecutor's office, is still alive. The train station is open and running. Officials have not revealed the attacker's motive or declared this a terror attack. Inez de Liquitera, ABC News. In New York City, thousands of nurses at two of the biggest hospitals remain off the job and on the picket line in a strike over wages and working conditions. 
They say chronic understaffing made worse since COVID has reached a crisis point. It's just not safe. The union wants more nurses hired, fewer patients assigned to each nurse, and a guarantee nurses won't be asked to take on more than they can handle. The days are incredibly overwhelming and stressful. Mount Sinai accuses the union of reckless behavior. Both hospitals are working around the strike by bringing in travel nurses, diverting ambulances, postponing non-emergency surgeries, and transferring vulnerable patients. That's Eva Pilgrim reporting from outside Mount Sinai in New York. A better night for the Sabres Tuesday, but still not enough for a win. Back to Darlene, slapper, rebound, scores! With 20.8 seconds to go, they're going right back to the faceoff dot with no celebration at all. All right, it was a 4-3 loss to Seattle. Last night, they're back at it tomorrow versus Winnipeg at home. When I went to bed, the Sabres were ahead. But had they never won to the Kraken? I believe that's I true. Think, yeah. uh, never beat Seattle. Uh, not going to happen this year. <laughs> Try yeah. and get another crack at it next year. Uh, but uh, all right, you know, looking better than they did Monday night right. uh, for sure. But still a loss. They're still uh, in it, and uh, we'll see what happens and changes tomorrow night uh they'll have to you know get it going there's no lottery consolation for them no big winner last night another near record setting mega millions jackpot will be up for grabs friday the 13th could it be your lucky day as the prizes get bigger the lines grow longer back in july we saw a record jackpot hit 1.337 billion dollars so what's on the wish list of all those aspiring billionaires go on a vacation pay off a couple of mortgages i would help my church and uh get lost because there was no winner last night friday's jackpot will be worth at least 1.35 billion dollars the cash option 708 million before taxes 1.35 billion dollars how about that wow um oof, that that's <laughs> that's hot <laughs> that is something um and that's going to be friday the 13th might turn into a lucky day for somebody yeah Let's hope. I didn't realize we had a Friday the 13th coming up this month. Your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast. Mostly cloudy and cool today with light winds. Highs near 40. Tonight, some rain and snow will arrive toward tomorrow morning with lows in the mid-30s. Rain likely on Thursday with highs in the mid-30s. The rain changes to snow on Friday. With your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, I'm Chief Meteorologist Aaron Minkowski. We're joined now by Buffalo Common Council member Mitch Nowakowski. To talk about well, a number of things being discussed in front of the Common Council yesterday. Mitch, thanks for joining us. I do want to start with uh, snow removal, emergency planning, uh, the snow plan and everything else that was talked about. And you heard from some first responders who were looking for some better equipment, uh, much, much more. The idea of an emergency manager. Uh, of everything that was discussed yesterday, uh, what's going through your head this morning as to the next steps that the city might take to be prepared for the next major snow event. Yeah, thanks for having me on and waking up with you guys this morning. You know, as I really look back at the council meetings yesterday, you know, I had constituents during the blizzard and the storm that gave birth to, you know, their, their, their child in a living room. And I had seniors stuck at home and I had a lot of uh, really scary emergency responses in my district. And a lot of first responders showed up to council chambers to show that they do not have the equipment 
to let alone face a severe weather storm, but to have proper equipment to even get, take those 911 calls now. So uh, Councilmember Chris Scanlon has done a really wonderful job of making that a priority to the council and really articulating to all of its members that, you know, by purchasing equipment for EMS and, and first responders and police and fire really benefits the city as a whole and all of our districts. And, you know, it, it was terrible that we needed a blizzard to, to highlight this um, and to put this on the forefront, but this is really something that we need moving forward is, is, is equipment to better address, uh, you know, all the concerns that we have in regards, you know, to, to natural disasters. But so I bring up the point that's, that says that if we do not have you know, we need a proper snow plant to remove the snow so that we can have EMS and first responders to even go down those roads to respond to calls. So they really work in tandem when it comes to snow removal and the need for to purchase new equipment. Mitch, you know, there's been a lot of focus on equipment and emergency manager, but what about the travel ban? It didn't go into effect until the storm hit on that Friday morning. Has there been discussion about that at all? Should it have been in effect sooner? You know, I re- I have been bringing up that conversation uh, privately with everyone that you know that is in power that I can I can have with because the travel ban yes hit at nine o'clock and you know from outside of my window when it happened I I mean I felt like I couldn't see outside my window at nine thirty and really making sure that we could track the meteorology you know to the to the precision point but what I think during the duration of the travel ban is we really needed an amber alert system to tell people to shelter in place and stay where they are. We unfortunately know that a lot of fatalities happened where people were still driving, you know, during the ban at two o'clock on that Friday. And even at Christmas Eve, I had, you know, we had somebody from uh, the suburbs come down to the Broadway market because they thought it was open. So I think that in Western New York, unfortunately, we're desensitized to snow. We're desensitized to storms, you know, severe weather alert. You know, we kind of are just immune to that because snow is in our DNA, but we really needed to, to, you know, dispatch some form of Amber Alert to tell people to please shelter in place, stay where you are. If you're at work, shelter in place, because unfortunately we found that a lot of people uh, during the travel ban that, that were subject to fatalities were driving well after the, the ban was constituted. Well, a lot of things to be discussed still, and uh, that will be interesting to watch going forward how things change. Mitch, want to switch focus now to what is happening in the cobblestone district with this eminent domain proceeding um these two buildings there really is not much going on the city is looking at eminent domain to take it over the owner daryl carr speaking out saying he wants the ability to demolish them and build a uh you know what would be the tallest building in all of buffalo right there what did you hear from yesterday from the public? How do you think this is going to move forward? Well, the first thing to move forward is I really want folks to understand is the validity of Daryl Carr being able to build a 55-story uh, skyscraper in the Cobblestone District. If he can do that, then I'm an Academy Award-winning actress. It's just not true. It's a farce. He's been doing this for 14 years in and out of court. And he's wanted, we've known that he's wanted to sit on these buildings and let them crumble and and fall down so that he can have a parking lot and and charge people for the Sabres and and for other games. You know, we we know that this is a complete lie. And these are some of the oldest structures in the Cobblestone District and even in the city. Uh, They're the last remaining structures uh, to the Civil War. And that whole district throughout the 90s and, and, and now 
up until now has been adaptive reuses. A lot of business owners have pitched in uh, to make that district really what it is today. And those structures are the last remaining piece to do that. And he has been fined. He's been in court. This He's almost unshameable to, to be able to be a good landlord. And I, when I'm talking to friends who said, oh, my gosh, that's really harsh and extreme. And, you know, I, I've notified, you know, I've noticed people, you know, and, and told them that, look, this is very rare and, ex, you know, extreme, but these circumstances warrant this this action. So moving forward, you know, we concluded the public hearing where we heard almost every single person speak in favor of taking these buildings. And after, you know, the conclusion of that public hearing, the city will do an environmental review and then eventually put it to the common council for a vote to to either to seize the properties. And I, you know, I'm hoping and anticipate that the council does do that. And then after the council the council does that, it gets goes to a judge or the city goes to a judge to sign off on it. And then once the city acquires the properties, uh, we, you know, we submit, submit an RFP to developers to see, you know, how they can they can develop, redevelop the property. Mitch, you know, Carr has owned these properties since 2009. I just wonder how did we get to this point of disrepair? Yeah, I even bring up the stark fact that when he was in housing court, I was in high school, and now I'm on the common council. So I realized that you know, really, housing court uh, and the back and forth of litigation kept him in this limbo for 14 years. He did not submit a, uh, any plans to the city of Buffalo to be able to build this or submit to the preservation board to demolish these structures because. Because these buildings are located in a historic district, that would technically be his first municipal stop is the preservation board to apply for a demolition. But he knew that the preservation board would would never allow that because these conditions of his buildings didn't warrant that. So he tried to really usurp the city of Buffalo and go right to court to get an in, you know to get an injunction to get a ruling on the demolition, you know, which really is not in good faith. And and to be honest, to even let you know is uh, during the deposition where the city lawyer was uh, cross-examining his own engineer, his own engineer stated that they they were not an immediate threat to come down, that they could be rehabbed. It would just be expensive. And I thought that was really a smoking gun um, into really the farce of of this of these buildings and of Daryl Carr. Where does this go next? Um, how quickly do you expect this to be resolved? I would imagine that, uh, you know, it's not quite as simple as the city taking this over via eminent domain. Uh, you know, we're so accustomed to right now everything being caught up in a courtroom after, you know, a quote-unquote final decision has been made. Yeah, uh, I, you know, from really looking at it from my my standpoint, I'm thinking two to three months that, uh, depending on the courts, this could play out, especially with, you know, the severe weather impacting the current buildings. Uh, it's demonstrated that we have to move quickly. So I believe that the city is going to do their due diligence, um, put the environmental review in front of the council, you know, relatively within a few weeks, and then we will proceed forward um, on the legal remedy. But I'm, I'm assuming a couple months. Any idea what this is costing the city? Yeah, I, I don't. You know, I was actually thinking about that last night. How much has uh, Daryl Carr cost the city of Buffalo going into courtroom, taking court time, uh, fines, fees, uh, inspectors going out there, me going out there, my predecessor going out there, uh, you know, businesses, nonprofits that are examining this? I mean, this farce has really cost and everybody, and uh, it's it's really ridiculous. But, 
we have to give, you know, once it's concluded, if it is, you know, voted, you know, voted in um, to, to take the properties by it, uh, you know, there are rules that you have to give them fair market value for the property. Um, you know, so we, the city would have to, to transfer that, you know, that money to him and obviously recoup it once uh, the city sends out an RFP to developers to develop on would then take the, you know, would then be able to be made whole. That's 930 in 716. We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of WBEN Buffalo. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 